Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Chamber, joined as always with Nick Smith. Nick, how was your uh, Memorial Day? It was fantastic. It was actually kind of a nice three-day weekend where it was pretty chill, didn't have to worry too much about going places. We did uh, hit the uh, Blue Hole in, in Bella Vista, which was great. Oh, there you very, go. very cold, but <laughs> I, uh, bet. I, I embraced the role of father photographer this weekend, so I didn't have to get more than a you know up to my ankles in it. So I was I was good with that. But uh, yeah, it was great. Got to really enjoy ourselves and and um, yeah, just kind of take it easy. How about you? Well, good. Uh, it was fun. It was a good weekend. Uh, took uh, Finley over to and uh, the other kids. Uh, we went over to the Renaissance Fair over in uh, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. So Finley got to fight a night. It was awesome. Like he, yeah, it was a lot of fun. They do little. <laughs> they have like these little quests where they give you clues and you had to go around and do like a little treasure hunt to get knighted at the end of the day. So so I'm sorry, Sir Finley got to fight a knight. <laughs> I was gonna say that's just what I need. The kid already kicks my butt when it comes to golf, and now he's a knight. Yeah, that's... he got to, he had to fight with a real sword too. It was kind of crazy you are a braver man than i am all right uh he's good but we have a great topic here today we are talking about asian american and pacific islander heritage uh the month of may is recognized as that unfortunately due to scheduling conflicts we're recording just the day after that here on june 1st uh but still an absolutely great topic you know as you, as you and i said uh before we got on it's the fastest growing demographic in northwest arkansas right. 50 percent of the uh, minority population growth uh over the last census estimate has been for uh, Asian uh, and Asian Americans, so absolutely a very timely topic. Something that we absolutely want to want to be able to focus on and showcase here today. So uh, before we go, why don't you introduce our panelists, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit about the news and get right into it. For sure, for sure. So today I want to welcome Jenny Wilkinson. She is the senior manager of U.S. Insights and Analytics with Mondelez International. Jenny, thank you for joining us. I thank would have said Mondelez. Mondelez. <laughs> yeah, that's I my bad. Mondelez. <laughs> Mondelez. Yes. See, there we go. <laughs> See, perfect. Perfect. I got your name right. Mondelez. I'll get the business name right before we're done. I, I promise you. We also have joining us Monica Kumar, who is the Belonging, Equity, and Inclusion Strategist with Engage NWA. Monica, thank you. Thank you for um, inviting me. Yeah, no, we're. it's going to be a fantastic discussion. I'm so glad to have you all with us today. We're really excited. Steve and I especially want to learn more about uh, really what it is in terms of AAPI Heritage Month. Uh, everything there is to, to kind of really learn more about that heritage. This is something that I was very excited to kind of get on the podcast and learn more about and advertise, especially as it deals with that growing population in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. So. And it's something pa I'm passionate about. I spent five years of my life over in Asia and the Philippine Islands. So, you know, that's the, it's good to see some, some representation of some, some other Asians here. That's right. I that's say right. other, I'm white, but you know. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad you made that really yeah, clear. So I, am, I am as white as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, I, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. Uh, before we get into the main topic introduction, we are going to do our NWA in the news. We've had several things happening. First off, most schools now out for summer, even with those snow days, uh, kind of extending a couple of the, the school school years, a few extra days. School is now out. My kids are very excited by that. Uh, my wife, who's a school teacher, also very excited I about bet. that. She needs a, a little bit of time to recharge there. We also have uh, summer events with the Chamber are in full swing. As you mentioned, it's June 1st today. Tomorrow, June 2nd, we have our uh, Chamber picnic, which is going to be happening at Ward Park in Lowell. 
Bowl. Kickoff of Mudtown Days. That's right. Make sure you come out and join us there. We also have uh, something else that's been very big in the news here recently was uh, the federal government still kicking around that new debt ceiling legislation. They're getting closer to a deal. I heard it's out of the House. It's headed to the Senate. So it's it's nice to see that. Yeah, uh, passed the House last night. That's right. It's nice to see we're going to keep paying our bills or so I'm told. So that's something we want to keep a hold on. And then last but certainly not least here in Northwest Arkansas, it is Shareholders Week. So for those who are new to the area, that means Walmart's bringing in a whole bunch of people to the area, checking it out. If you haven't been driving around town, you haven't noticed the extra traffic, but that's where it's coming from. So it's it's always great to have shareholders here. It brings in a whole bunch of new folks, uh, a couple of big names. We were talking about the concert that they had yeah. uh, uh, last night. So well, really I was, cool to see. I was excited. I'm like, oh, school's out. Traffic's going to be fine. No, it's not. So <laughs> Commute was not any easier this morning. That's right. That's right. So with that all said, Stephen, I'm going to toss it back to you to do our topic introduction, and then we'll get the questions rolling. Yeah, as we as we said, it's uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander heritage is the focus of today's uh, podcast, and just some brief history on that for those that might not know how it came about that May became uh, Asian Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Uh, a former congressional staffer in the 1970s, Jeannie Ju, she approached Representative Frank Horton with the idea of designating a month to recognize Asian Pacific Americans following the bicentennial celebrations of 1976. So in 1977, Representative Horton and Norman Y. Mineta introduced the United States uh, House of Representatives resolution to proclaim the first 10 days of May as Asian Pacific Heritage Week. A similar bill was filed in the Senate a month later by Daniel Inoue and Spark Matsunga. Matsunaga. 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 There we go. My eyes got faster than my mouth there. (laughs) Matsunaga. Uh, The proposed resolution sought uh, that may be designated for two reasons. First, uh, May 7th, 1843 was the first Japanese immigrant, Nakahama Manjiro. He arrived in the United States and then more than two decades later on May 10th in 1869, the Golden Spike was driven in to complete the first transcontinental railroad and was used with a lot of Chinese labor to build that railroad. So uh, President Carter signed the joint resolution for the celebration on October 5th of 1978. And then on May 1st in 2009, President Obama signed the proclamation 8369, recognizing the entire month of May as Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So during this month, uh, communities celebrate achievements and contributions of Asian and Pacific Americans with community festivals, government-sponsored activities, and educational activities for students. So just there, there's your there's your fun mansplaining history lesson for you. Yeah, that's right. The the real quick Wikipedia launch on that was actually was this fantastic. this was also on the History Channel website. So I, I looked yes. that up too. So you're there good. You go. You're Perfect. good. We sourced Perfect. it. It's very accurate. <laughs> Thank you. We we needed that. Yes. Yes. So far so good, Steve. All right, baby steps into it. We got it. Well, with that said, we've got the uh, background on AAPI Heritage Month, but uh, first for both of our panelists, uh, what do you do as your day job? And also, how do you identify with the Asian American and Pacific Islander heritage? Jenny, we'll start with you. Okay. So I work for Mondelez International, uh, makers of Oreo cookies, Sour Patch Kids, and all the fun snacking brands. And you didn't bring samples, I I, see. Uh I may have a little gift for you. (laughs) (laughs) She's weird. I I see that. So I lead a team uh, that work on customer insights, data science, and analytics. Um, So how do I identify myself uh, with the AAPI, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I would consider myself Asian Indian. Um, from New Delhi, India. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. So what was your story? Like, how did you get over to be with, uh, be in Northwest Arkansas? 
So, love brought me to Northwest Arkansas. Oh, there you go. Oh, love there we go. <laughs> there we I met go. my husband about 14 years ago. Um, and then I joined uh, the John Brown University to do my master's uh, in business administration. Mm-hmm. Then worked for IRI for some time, had my first uh, son here. And then I told my white Caucasian husband, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's time to go and experience my culture in India. Yeah. So we went to India for five years. And then that's where I worked for Mondelez International and then had a change in role. I had to come back to my second home, which is Northwest Arkansas. There you go. That's Perfect. awesome. Fantastic. Perfect. So uh, a kind of an added experiential thing there is, yes. is your husband getting to experience the New Delhi culture and all that. Yes. Which I'm sure uh, we'll ask questions about <laughs> yes. that here in a little I bit, I'm sure too. it's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Monica, how about yourself? What's your day job, and how do you recognize yourself in AAPI Heritage? Yeah, well, I appreciate you inviting us. Thank you. Um, so I am a belonging and equity strategist and consultant. Basically, I do consulting. I also am a trainer for an organization called the Groundwater Institute mm-hmm. uh, that I re- lead programs for. And we kind of do national, I, I do some national strategic consulting for them too. But in this region, I work with the Northwest Arkansas Council, uh, with Engage really closely, and then a couple of other organizations and really focusing on um, how do we build a community that is focused on equity, belonging, um, and thoughtful connection. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's fantastic. And, and I wanted to comment too: belonging, yeah. equity, and inclusion strategy. I like belonging being a part of the title. That's yeah. a, a, a unique spin. I hadn't seen that before, but I really like how that's kind of phrased. It, it puts a new spin on DEI, I think, that mm-hmm. really kind of mm-hmm. accentuates more what it's about as opposed to anything else. So just my random side comment. No, that, well, I, I, I agree. I, that. I noticed that Thank too. You. I was like, that really, I, I like that. Um, you know, we did a, a program last year talking about IDE, inclusion, mm-hmm. diversity, and equity, because yeah. they that's what Cox Communications does, saying you can't have diversity or equity without it being inclusive. So they put uh-huh. the I first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that belonging. That, that's really, I, I think that really makes it, it gives a sense of just, mm-hmm. it just ties it together really nicely. So. Well, I love that. And part of it is, Everybody should feel like they have a place and space to be in the conversation, Mm -hmm. but also feel accountable and responsible Mm -hmm. for what that looks like in our communities. So I think belonging really pulls that sense of um, responsibility, accountability, but also like, you know, a spiritual connection to where you are and and connected to the community that that we're around. Exactly. Absolutely. How did you come to be in that position, especially in Northwest Arkansas? Yeah, well, um, love kind of brought me here, too. (laughs) We have four non-Northwest Arkansas natives at at the table right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that seems like a common story. It is. Um, (laughs) So I I was born and brought up in England, in London, um, and uh, met my husband out there, and he's American in Okay. Yeah. Um, His background, actually, he's from Delhi. His background's (laughs) from Delhi. Um, So he was out there working. Uh, We ended up moving. We we got married, moved to California. We were there for a few years. And then almost 10 years ago, uh, Walmart Foundation recruited him. Ah. And that is what brought us here. And we have been here, yeah, almost 10 years. Our our son is now 13. And this is home for us. Perfect. That's great. And you you just see that all the time, like those histories of, you know, people coming here like the supplier 
community mm-hmm. specifically uh-huh. where, you know, you're going to come here for two, three years and then go back yeah. home. And they're like, nope, we're yeah. sticking around. <laughs> we, we were definitely on the two yeah. year plan. I think I can I think I can fairly say that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people do that and then just stick. And that's why we're going 36 people a day. That's yeah. the latest yes. census numbers. Right. Like, it's insane. Yeah, that's right. 36 people a day were what we just figured out. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that, that was growing out. I'd love to, to just see that broken down more in terms of uh, different positions. How many of those were were spouses coming along that mm-hmm. fell in love with the area as well? Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. it's growing leaps and bounds. Um, real quick follow up uh, when it comes to all of this. Um, with your positions that you all have right now, um, I know that your position especially sees you overseeing belonging and uh, some of those SEI, DEI initiatives and whatnot. Um, where do you see your heritage kind of fitting in with those positions? Is it something that you like to kind of bring into the position to help you engage different communities? Is there something that you see that that uh, really kind of helps you do your position, execute your job uh, coming from your background? Jenny, we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's something I've been like self-reflecting and evaluating myself as I've gone back and forth, you know, India and the U.S. Um, Most of the folks in my team are all Americans. Mm -hmm. um, And sometimes, you know, the challenge is the perspective. Right. Uh, And the heritage that I bring is like hospitality and family and relationships and community that becomes a day-to-day conversation with my colleagues at work, uh, which then builds deeper uh, connection and a sense of belonging. Um, And it's interesting, no matter where you're from, there are some universal needs that we all have, and it all boils down to relationships. And so I feel like, given the fact that I'm from India, where community is really big, um, the conversations I have around community and relationships is what like I, I feel is a basic need, even for people here. Uh, and and it's it's been like I I think I've had some of the best relationships built over a period of time because of that very topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I see it as more as a universal need than just one culture and one heritage. For sure. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like that. That's Monica, beautiful. what about you? Yeah. So, uh, well, my background is that um, I'm a human rights lawyer. I used to um, support a lot of immigrant and refugee mm. um, asylee uh, rights. Um, and my parents are also immigrants. So my dad left. was born in Uganda. He left in the exodus in 1971. Um, and, you know, they had to pick pick somewhere to go. Um, and his, his pick was England. Um, and my mom is from India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was born in London. So I consider myself sort of British Indian and now Americanish. Right. <laughs> You're a melting pot. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm on the way. Um, so all of those backgrounds and my work um, as a lawyer, you know, in human rights and, and really meeting and supporting and um, bringing uh, bringing a sense of community and, and life for, for the people that I used to serve um, as a lawyer. Um, all of that kind of speaks to the work that I do. Um, and then 
sort of moving out of law, I really started to question how do how do communities support human rights? Mm. How can communities make people feel like they are truly welcome, like they truly are um, thought about and and accounted for in a community? And ultimately, how do we build belonging in communities for people who are moving into them? And that stretches now into my work here. And so, you know, I'm not I'm not just thinking about any one um, you know, uh, ethnicity or any one race. I'm really thinking about what does it mean for all of us to build a community where we all belong. What does it mean to be able to feel like we can be um, we can be so accountable and belong so well that we can be critical when we need to be, and we can ask questions for our community and say, "Hey, this is not supporting me or my family. I love." being here. I love this community. I love this country. How can we better serve um, people who are like me um, together? Right. And yeah. I think that that is what belonging is about. It's about having that deep sense of belonging in a place. It's like have, being able to be who you are and be able to, you know, um, be able to sort of support your family, love your family, build trust in communities, but also build that accountability and say, hey, you know, this might not be the best community that we can be. How can we be better? Mm-hmm. I feel like both of you touched on kind of bringing the family and community aspects of your mm-hmm. backgrounds to your positions here and to how you carry yourself in the, the community. And we get asked a lot, especially from folks outside of Northwest Arkansas, you know, you're growing so big, you've got so many new people coming in. How do you maintain uh, what some folks kind of refer to the the small town vibe in a very growing community? Yeah. And I, I think you all exemplify why, and that's when we're bringing in folks like this that see this area and bring in that kind of background of trying to bring a sense of belonging and family mm-hmm. to the community that they're in and fully engaging that and engaging others around them to make sure that they feel like mm-hmm. they're a part of a team and we're all kind of striving for a better community together. That exemplifies it. I mean, you really can't get to a growing small town community vibe right. without bringing in folks who don't just buy into the community, yeah. but also kind of pay it forward with where they've come come from and, and kind of how they're mm-hmm. acting, pushing that forward. So I really like how you, you phrase all that. Yeah. Uh, um, just kind of changing topics a little bit. But you mentioned, you know, family has come up, mm-hmm. you know, a lot here. And I know from in the Philippines, you know, family is kind of mm-hmm. the key thing mm-hmm. and the traditions carried down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you all have experienced in, in your culture and upbringing? And, uh, you know, how, how does that impact your, your life today, if so? So, um, like, it's interesting, like I said, my husband's white. Mm -hmm. uh, And when we both got married, we quickly started seeing differences, right? (laughs) Talking about family, I'm very close to my fourth cousin or fifth cousin in (laughs) India. We go to their weddings, we grew up together. And that's family is beyond your immediate Uh, siblings, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And it's not the case from my husband's side, right? It's like your family is your brother, sister, mother, father. Right. And I'm like, hey, what about your grandparents? (laughs) And what about your cousins? Like, uh, we haven't met them, you know, for years. So I quickly (laughs) started seeing the differences, um, especially from a culturally speaking background. My neighbors were uncles and aunts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even the way you address people in India is... Mm -hmm brother, sister, like in, 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 in Hindi, of course, mm-hmm. whichever state you're in, or uncle and aunt, even someone who's in a public transport, you know, you're sitting next to that person, you'd call them, hello, auntie, 
you know, hello, uncle. <laughs> right? It's weird I, I, in America. Okay, okay. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Hassan Minaj, and he, said, yes. he uses that yes. in his jokes a lot, and I never never made that connection. Yes. So thank you for, for, yes. for doing that. So uh, I have I have a neighbor who's also Indian, and the, the mother's, she's older. And my natural inclination, even though I've never m- known her, met her, would mm-hmm. say, hello, auntie. Even though she's in America, right. right? And we immediately have that sense of belonging and connection to say, hey, I'm here to care for you and you will you would do the same for me, even though we are not related. So family is like in, in especially from where I come from, is beyond who you grew up with from a you know blood blood related sense mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. your neighbor it's the people you are you meet on a day to day basis your colleagues they become a family and uh, i had to bring that here to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I'm sure. That's absolutely fantastic. How's your husband handle that? Like, So, initially... Why why are you talking to the neighbors? So, we we talked about a sense of belonging and integration uh, and all. It takes about, in my opinion, about two years before you can fit in Mm -hmm. uh, a new place. And uh, even as I was quickly learning the differences between where my husband came from and where I was coming from, the first reaction is to say, oh my goodness, this is wrong. Mm. Right. But uh, one of my classes in JBU, it was an international business uh, class. My professor said, it's not wrong. It's different. And that resonated me with me for a very long time. Because, and that helped me integrate into this culture as well. OK, just because they're doing it differently doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. It's what they're used to. And that mm-hmm. helped me further integrate quickly mm-hmm. uh, rather than you know having that tension so my husband loves it I'll tell you that he <laughs> loves the fact that we can have a bigger family uh, and not have it restricted to who you are just born with mm-hmm. right uh, and he's more Indian than me to be quite honest <laughs> just because of the love and hospitality and the sense of belonging he has received from my uh, my side so he has embraced that 100 percent what about you having a you know very diverse background um, yeah so i would say my experience is a little bit different from jenny's in that i grew up in britain and Mm -hmm. was born in england so from very early on had to navigate a very a very new specific culture which is being british indian right and because indians have been in england for a long time now there is a very British Indian culture that I'm not quite seeing yet in America. That's not right. like an Indian American culture. In England, like all my white friends understand, like if, you know, if I said, hey, I'm Indian, they'd be like, oh, well, that doesn't, like, are you Gujarati? Are you, you know, where are you from? Which part of India? What right. do you speak? Do you speak Punjabi? Do you, you know, are you, so that understanding and integration um, of that, of British Indian culture in England is, is something I grew up with, but also having to navigate that dual culture because my parents were immigrants from India. India and had a very specific idea, a lot more, I would say, similar to what um, Jenny is talking about, about what it means to be family, what it means right. to have a culture. Um, but I, but me and my siblings were also British. And so we navigated what does it mean, you know, like at home, I speak um, Gujarati and Hindi because my ba- my dad would refuse to let us speak in, uh, English at home, <laughs> gotcha. which at the time was really, really hard because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm British and I'm English and I want to be able to speak English and I don't want to fall behind right in hindsight it was really smart of him because now i speak hindi i speak Gujarati, 
and of course I speak English. Like right. it was inevitable. It was where I grew up. It's my culture. You, you speak the Queen's English. Well, too, thank so. you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know how to take that. Actually, <laughs> uh, let's let's proper, leave proper question mark. Is it, yeah. is it still the Queen's English? It's the king, yeah. I guess it is. Okay. The I guess yeah. it's yeah. the King's yeah. English yeah. now. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Question mark. Topical. So <laughs> if we I, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should devolve into the monarchy. No, 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 no. We're, we're I have many opinions about the monarchy. Yeah, yes, yes. I, you know, it's, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole, episode. I mean, that's many do, do podcast episodes. Do you your experience as, you know, I mean, did you ever feel like maybe as an outsider mm-hmm. in there? And do you think that has shaped the work yeah. that you do today in being, you know, that sense of belonging? Like, you know, how, how so? Uh, definitely. I mean, when I grew up, so I grew up in a, in a, kind of slightly weird situation where when until I was about six I grew up in a very Indian black neighborhood mm. um, and surround and very communally my parents were at nights and we just lived in a house with other we were pretty poor mm-hmm. so we lived in a house with other people who were at nights and who were, whichever parents were you know going back to the family thing whichever adults were there those you feed your kids and you look after the kids and then just because of a weird circumstance we moved from this area um, in northwest London to Richmond which is incredibly white very wealthy Mm. um and suddenly we were the only people of color like for mile i mean i didn't there was not another kid of color in my school Mm -hmm. um and that that definitely led to me feeling incredibly um uh aware of my skin color you know one of the first experiences that i had was somebody coming up to me and saying what happens when you shower wow and my in my head, I was thinking, oh, my God, what happens when you shower? <laughs> like, nothing happens to me. What happens to you? Like, I'm the same yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I learned really quickly that I wasn't British. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was a brown person having a British experience wow. and had to navigate that. So, yeah, for sure. It was it was definitely a feeling of a feeling out uh, like an outsider. And my parents were, were I mean, they were immigrants. Right. And so in that area, particularly in Richmond, which is you know Richmond is it's an incredibly beautiful part of London but it's also incredibly white and wealthy um it's where Wimbledon Wimbledon is right there it's a very particular experience of London it's the London that Americans be like oh I want to have a London experience you go to Richmond (laughs) um but as a you know as a brown kid who barely spoke English Mm -hmm. um and didn't and was the first time I wore a uniform when I went to school and surrounded by everyone that's white and pretty wealthy and I'm poor and brown Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely gave me a sense of what it meant to be excluded and and certainly that experience of feeling like I'm not I'm not British enough I'm not smart enough mm. I'm not white enough uh, at all I'm not white um, made me want to be a lawyer because the only representation I saw on TV of you know was it was almost all white at that time all right. white oh, yeah. um, and I noted that lawyers spoke really well they were really good communicators and people really respected them mm-hmm. so in my head from like the age of nine I said to myself oh if you want to have any chance of being accepted you have to be a lawyer and so definitely yeah that feeling of exclusion and othering was definitely that wow that's just that's a fascinating story that's absolutely incredible you should write a book really <laughs> <laughs> what about with you came here for secondary education right yeah. was that your first experience with uh American culture in general or like what what's your background there? so I grew up in New Delhi mm-hmm. it's probably one of the most diverse cities in the world mm-hmm. so I had a lot of American friends British friends friends from all over the world and uh, my mom was an English teacher so 
English was a sort of like a first language, so I could speak Hindi. So I was exposed to people from different parts of the world. Um, so diversity was not a problem till I came to Northwest Arkansas. Right. <laughs> and I ended up being the only brown girl in my family, only brown girl, I mean, minority in my college, uh, you know, at workplace, at my church. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I started to think differently for the first time. Um, so my background in New Delhi was like, I didn't feel like I was brown it was like i had piece of i saw people from different backgrounds but over here it was pretty evident uh but it was all i would say mostly positive mm-hmm. um people were very um welcoming um and because i looked and had a different di- look different and i had a different accent it always started with the curiosity where are you from mm-hmm. And what the heck are you doing in Northwest Arkansas? Because like <laughs> no one in India a knew where Northwest Arkansas is. They would get confused to Kansas City because like Ar- Arkansas, Kansas City. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah right. And even <laughs> even uh, when I would travel around the U.S., um, people would be like, "Why the heck are you in Northwest Arkansas?" Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, there was a lot that I was going through uh, in terms of, un- you know, not as Arkansas is a special snowflake. I'll tell you that unless oh, yeah. you live here, you would not know about this place. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, to answer your question, you know, it, it, I felt it was different when I first came here from a from in the sense of diversity. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it sounds like very, mm-hmm. uh, very individual realization more yes. than anything else yes um, yes especially coming from like you said having so many different multicultural groups around you in new delhi yeah to then coming into the uh uh we'll call it very um mono uh, uh mm-hmm. homogenous yeah <laughs> uh, very very white area yes. well <laughs> you go back to 1990 yes. you look at the census i mean that's 30 years ago we yeah. were 98 percent white yeah. in northwest arkansas it's and just to, i mean it, the, to yeah. see that i mean yeah. just in a generation and yeah. a half yeah. just the level yeah. that's increased i mean it's fascinating and it is un- unfortunately there are you know growing pains that come mm-hmm. along with that um you know and in terms of embracing but you know you, you look at specifically the his- hispanic community mm-hmm. you're now in gen three gen four mm-hmm. um you know of of people there you know with rogers we talked with the education episode Mm-hmm. Rogers School District is a minority mm-hmm. majority school district. Mm-hmm. Like that, that it's slowly that needle is moving, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know to where you hopefully won't get to a point yes. where you have to feel like an outsider, no matter what yeah. you look like when mm-hmm. you come here. And it has changed in ten years. It is. It was different in twenty ten, mm-hmm. and it's very different now. Uh, and thanks to Walmart for bringing in more people. Oh yeah. In, oh yeah. Well, yeah. and and. I think it's also uh, interesting to point out too. You're talking about like different cultures in New Delhi and whatnot, and I, I think what's really neat around here is is some of the growth that we've seen has also been in the programming that's being provided by different groups too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have different uh, groups: Walmart, the Walton Family Foundation, the Tyson mm-hmm. Foundation, all these different uh, groups that are now helping to fund different um, resources for folks to have stuff and you're seeing things like i know bentonville just started a cricket league that they've got mm, going on yes. uh you're seeing like new sports get introduced to the area and new mm-hmm. uh avenues for everybody and the um, food oh, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> the food, is <laughs> food is fantastic and 
you know, I, I think that's what you're seeing is, is uh, like my kids, especially, I'm really excited for just the growth that I've seen in like my eldest is seven. Mm-hmm. He's been able to see all sorts and experience all sorts of new stuff that me growing up in a Oklahoma town of 6,000, <laughs> I didn't see half this stuff until I hit college mm-hmm. in Fayetteville, ironically mm-hmm. enough. So you're right. It really is kind of a, a unique area in Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas. And when we talk about it to folks, we almost... Uh, usually try to like argue is Northwest Arkansas is like a 51st state as opposed to, you know, everything else, just because it really is worlds apart from so much of the other uh, southern parts of the state and southern states in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Um, when we uh, uh, we've been talking a little bit about how um, your heritage kind of helped to bring you up and how it affected you uh, when you first got here. Um, do you have any experiences um that you want to talk about or any stories that you have about when you got here uh, to kind of just extrapolate more on, on those feelings of, you know, mm-hmm. the individual realization of, okay, I'm not the same as everybody else. Was, mm-hmm. was there any story that really stuck out in your mind of when it clicked or anything like that? I mean, um, I can share, you know, it was actually more to do with faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a multi-faith family, but we're not Christian in mm-hmm. my home. And that wasn't, a, when, we, when we came here, my son was four. And it wasn't really a conversation. I mean, he, you know, we, we talked about faith. We talk about God in our home. But also my husband is a very specific religion. I am a very spiritual person. I don't have a religion and we're fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we moved here, the overriding uh, faith is Christianity, yeah. um, and Where it's every wherever you go. Church, every, like you go exactly. Yeah. And for my son, I remember, you know, um, one, it was incredible to me. Like we get off the plane, and there's just churches everywhere. Like that was definitely, <laughs> but, you know, like you see that visually, and you're driving from the airport, and you're just like, wow, yeah. Um, but I think I remember one night, you know, he was four and a half. He'd been at school for about six weeks by that time. And, um, you know, at night is when your kids talk to you. Of so course. we're in bed oh, together yeah. at night reading. And then he starts kind of meandering in conversation. And he said, and he said something, and I won't repeat exactly how he said it, because it was kind of, it was very hurtful for both of us. And my family it was really a painful experience. But mm. he basically said, you know, we need to become Christian uh-huh. because this is not going to work for me. So many of my friends have told me that I'm I'm not going to go to a good place if right. I don't become Christian. Mm-hmm. And it immediately put me back to my childhood, which wasn't around Christianity, but more around the color of my skin and culture Mm -hmm. Um, and exactly what we didn't want for our son and exactly why I was concerned and nervous about moving to Northwest Arkansas. So all this emotional stuff comes up. Um, And then we had to have conversations about faith and skin color and Mm -hmm. race and culture really young. Um, And in hindsight, you know, my son is incredibly, um, my husband works at culture and diversity at Walmart. I do the work I do. So he's, you know, incredibly, um, verbose and thoughtful about (laughs) what it means to be, to, to be, you know, a different person or Mm -hmm. someone who has differences in a, in a culture that's, you know, uh, majoritized in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will also say that it kind of goes back to Jenny's conversation about, um, uh, comment about relationship. Mm-hmm. I think one of the beauties about Northwest Arkansas um, is that it's an opportunity to build relationship mm-hmm. with someone who is different than you. Mm-hmm. And 
that's where representation really matters. Mm-hmm. You know, it you know, it's not just about wanting to see yourself, which is really important in in the media or in you know at Walmart or you know at all the places we want to see ourselves, but it's also allowing people to build a relationship with someone that's different from them and humanizing, because a lot of that hate and a lot of the othering, which is the opposite of belonging. Is, is because we can dehumanize. Mm. If we don't know someone that's Indian mm. or we don't know someone that is, you know, gay or black, it's very easy to say all Indians are, all gay people are. Right. And, and what's incredible about Northwest Arkansas is there is an opportunity here to build a relationship with people from all walks of life, from all culture, all backgrounds and build that humanization. Mm. And once you humanize and you relate Mm. and you build a relationship and a friendship, it is almost impossible to go back and say all anybody is. Right. And that's where I think our young people and our kids can teach us so much about what it means to build relationship, be in relationship with everybody, mm-hmm. build love and belonging. Yeah. Um, hey, and hey, I think it's taught. It's yes. not a natural yeah, thing. Exactly. You know, so for exactly. the kids, I mean, I, I can't imagine yeah. having that conversation. Like, yeah. it's just, oh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, I can't. <laughs> like, I, I, for you being able to do that and, how you handled it with such grace to get, you know, to be where your son is now, like that obviously made a lasting impression on him. And, you know, kudos. Oh, for thank that. you, so, Steve. That's so kind. Well, it's true. Thank like, you. I just, you know, that's, that's very I just, kind. I couldn't, I can't imagine my son's white. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I don't have to have those type of conversations that. with him. And, you know, so it's just, well, it's, it's unique to I see think that. There are important. people that would have handled that much worse. I can, yeah. I can tell you that. I think it's important too to point out this wasn't like, you know, you went to, a church and had that hat. Like this was a yeah. daycare. This was a right. preschool situation. Yeah. It was and actually a school that is specifically not religious. Right. Like, we specifically picked a school that is not religious. <laughs> exactly. You know. And yeah. the fact that it happened in yeah. that environment, yeah. I think, is the thing that is good for people to hear. That it's it's yeah. this is something that can be far reaching and, and yeah. uh, affect many different aspects and some folks may want that to happen but i think the important thing to point out here is when we're talking about little kids we're talking about belonging yes this is what we're trying to to teach with this podcast Mm -hmm. with everything Mm -hmm. is that no matter what age you are it's going to affect those around you when you start sharing cultural tidbits Mm -hmm. and trying to engage others and the goal should be to engage others to learn and mm-hmm. to adapt and to grow, yeah. not to restrict. I mean, the, yeah. the way that we we grow business, the way we grow our community mm-hmm. is by accepting and building off of new ideas and new backgrounds and new principles and respects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's where that starts. Yeah. You can't just immediately take someone in and think you're doing them a favor by shutting down mm-hmm. an alternative way of thinking. Yeah. And I, I love that, Nick. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what's important, I think, to mm-hmm. point out with that story yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. No, I appreciate um, that. I think, um, you know, the uplifting of solidarity mm-hmm. is not done enough, but it is celebrating our differences because mm-hmm. our differences are incredible and then really and truly connecting and uplifting solidarity between us. That's what belonging is. And yeah. that's how that's how we're going to move forward as a society and as a region. Yeah. It's yeah. how we're going to win. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Jenny, how about you? What uh, any experiences stand out in terms of just kind of where 
you realized, you know, hey, I've got a, a different upbringing, different background here than these folks. Yeah, and to, a lot of, I resonate with a lot of things that Monica uh, said, but one of the things I, I'm thinking is, again, going back, back to relationships, our differences uh, makes us need each other. The more same we are, the less we need each other. And so one of the things that was really that I was missing here was diversity, not necessarily on how you look, but more about how you think. Mm -hmm. And um, that is why when we came here, my husband and I, you know, we have two different races and my children now are American uh, Indian. It was very important for us to bring into our circle people with different perspectives. And one of the challenges I had was when people did not get out of Northwest Arkansas, they didn't have a perspective mm -hmm. of what happens around the world, right? You know, so it's not that I'm saying that they should, but the conversations were a little bit harder, For sure. right? Uh, yeah. And so um, bringing in people from different diverse backgrounds into our close-knit community was mm -hmm. a very important mm -hmm. for us as a, as a family so that we could resonate with each other and also have a sense of belonging. Right. Um, and another thing, what I loved about this place was the curiosity. And they did ask me like, hey, we love Indian food. <laughs> food was always a starting it's, point, it's, it's, right? It brings right? everybody together. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, a great could you, equalizer. Could you cook for us? <laughs> right. And in, in India, we like to do everything grand, right? Mm. Like we are extra. Right. For Northwest Arkansas, we're extra. We dress extra. We cook extra. It's like 10 dishes. And so people love that experience. Mm -hmm. And I felt like one of the things I could bring here is hospitality. Right. Everyone loves to be treated well. Right. right? And that's my culture. That's my heritage. And that's what I can give so that I'm open to tell folks here to say, hey, I want to learn more about you. And they say, I want to learn more about you. And guess what happens? A deeper connections, deeper relationship happens around our dinner table, mm -hmm. happens around, um, you know, our meals. And so um, so d diverse friendships was important. Another thing was faith is really important for me. I'm a Christian. I believe um, I believe in Jesus, even though like I'm a two percent in India. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I did have that connection here, which was very important. So have finding a good church uh, where we could have that community mm -hmm. was very, very important. Um, and like I said, overall, I'm so blessed and thankful to have really good um, experiences here, despite my background uh, and, and the different background I come from. But that is because you need to have an openness both sides, mm -hmm. right? I can't come and say and impose uh, and I have to be open to what, where I'm coming to, right? Yeah, right. And vice versa. Uh, the people who are welcoming me are open to what I bring. And I've been blessed to ha have 99.9% .9 times a good experience with Northwest Arkansas. So, um, but it's difficult if it's one way. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? So oh, yeah. that's where the friction starts and that's where, you know, we get into the whole uh, getting into the isolated uh, exactly. uh, camps, but yeah, that that's been my experience so far. Fantastic! No, I, the overarching theme I think that we're getting uh, from both of you when it comes to your experiences here is first off that we kind of recognize Northwest Arkansas as a, a unique outlier, especially mm -hmm. in the American mm -hmm. experience, um, just from the aspect of we do have such a very 
uh, a diverse group mm-hmm. of people that already live here and, and bring in different ideologies. But also, uh, we do have that Southern mentality of, of hospitality mm-hmm. and trying to um, reach out to new people and, and new experiences. And when you uh, go into it with an open mind like that. Yeah. I think you, you can really mm-hmm. find that you're a, a part of a puzzle piece that, that fits in as opposed to anything else. And I think that's just hugely important. Um, as we uh, uh, come to our, our final section here mm-hmm. with the podcast, a little bit more fun um, way that, that we can kind of point things out. Steve and I, uh, being the um, you know uh, white dudes who did not know much <laughs> about this background, um, you know, something that most folks, if they have the same background that Steve and I have, would be ways for us to learn more about um, your culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask you all was there are plenty of people, especially in the next gen communities mm-hmm. who want to have those diverse friends and those diverse groups. Do you all have uh, any um, advice for folks who want to get out and reach these new communities, any ways that uh, you can think of to get into that. And then also what's, uh, you know, are there any like media, like books, Mm -hmm. movies, shows, anything Mm -hmm. like that, that you think would be a great way for folks to, you know, break into Mm -hmm. that culture or learning more about it. Yeah. Cause 'cause Monica, you mentioned, you know, representation earlier and you know, that's kind of something, Mm -hmm. you know, you're starting to see a little bit of of, a surge in that specifically, you know, uh, mostly uh, Eastern Asian with with Chinese and Japan, Yeah. uh, but you're starting to see more and more and not having those uh, poo from the Simpsons stereotypes, Yeah. you know, saying, I I remember uh, Aziz Ansari did a joke one time said, you know, we're taking over Hollywood. My last three uh, characters were Randy, Chet and Tom. So, (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have those stereotypical names, yeah. so yeah. you know. So yeah. how you know? Yeah. What What are some well, ways that we can we can learn more? Yeah, no, I love I love that you brought up Hassan Minaj because I think comedy is always a really good way to understand um, a different culture or a different experience. Mm-hmm. And he's you know American Indian, yeah. so it's very specific here. For me, um, from a British Indian perspective, Riz Ahmed, mm-hmm. who's a incredible i mean he's i i can't say he's a musician i can't say he's a storyteller and i can't say he's an actor he does everything and everything incredibly well (laughs) right he's incredible um but he speaks a lot to belonging and what it means to be british indian Mm -hmm. um and a lot of his work is really deep and thoughtful and i think a, a great place to to think about this um for that ugandan indian Amer- well american experience actually and the whole like what it means to have been a part of the exodus from uganda mississippi masala which is an old movie with mm. um denzel washington okay. uh, and mira and i can't remember her last name but she it's the they're the two main characters that speaks to the experience of of that you know an indian person being um ex- exiled from from uganda mm. and and moving to America and what that looks like. Um, I think that we're we're in a place now where there is there is starting to be more than just you know the Mindy Kaling comedic version of right. what it means to be Asian, and I think that that's a really really good thing. Not to diss Mindy Kaling because she's not, yeah. awesome, but I think that it's <laughs> wonderful that and Aziz and sorry, it's wonderful that we're now seeing that there's all kinds of depth of experience for, right. for South Asians. Um, and then the movie that I will really really recommend for just a general. Um, um, various lenses of the immigration to uh, to America experience is a land of gold. Mm. Um, it was a BFF winner last year, that, and the filmmakers came here um, 
uh, and did a panel. It's an incredible movie um, and highly recommend that um, for various experiences, um, including the Latino experience of immigration, um, the Indian experience. Uh, really, yeah, those are some of the things. And then to understand kind of the, the general, like what the experiences of the AAPI community look like, especially in, you know, one of my one of my big areas of concern is this model uh, model myth about Asians, like mm -hmm. the Asian, mo you know, model minority. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly divisive and really um, incredible uh, and, and wrong because right. we're all lumped together, like, you know, in, in you know, Asians all together. When you start dissecting Asians, they are not having a model experience no, in this country. Uh, that's like saying all Americans are the exactly. same, comparing somebody from South Florida exactly. to San Francisco. Exactly. You know? yeah. And so AAPI Foundation has a lot of incredible, um, on their website, has a lot of incredible resources sources to understand the whole AAPI experience um, and lots of like very relevant kind of cultural um, yeah. information. Yeah. So That's those awesome. are some of the recommendations that I have. For sure. Jane, how about you? Yeah. Um, my recommendation would be go shop at Walmart and meet people <laughs> who are shopping and have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Because to your point, Monica, you, you can't stereotype India and say this is A, B, and C, mm -hmm. right. right? Even I don't know much about my own country because how different people are in a different state. Mm -hmm. They eat different, they, they wear different clothes, they speak a different language. And so the only way I can get to know them is when I have a conversation with them. And Northwest Arkansas has tons of people right outside, mm -hmm. like have an open mind, just go and talk to them. And um, that's how my husband also like really started learning about my background. There are different restaurants in Northwest Arkansas <laughs> and each restaurant represents a state. Yeah, so place, just yeah. because it's curry doesn't mean it tastes the same. Right. There are a thousand types of cur curry yeah. out there. North, South, East, West, it's made differently. Uh, so go to different restaurants, speak to different people. Um, and, and another thing is like there's a movie called Three Idiots. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was one of my husband's favorite movie because it talks about the Indian education system okay. uh, and and how we had to navigate through different challenges. That's I think that they did a great job representing that. But there is nothing more greater than having a conversation and a relationship mm -hmm. for you to know the culture of that person, where that comes from. It will be very different from what Monica and I mm -hmm. shared. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would give you a different Because we're not a monolith. It is right. not. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the only way yeah. you can um, stop stereotyping yeah. uh, a person and uh, from where they come from. So, For sure. And so. I do want to share... Um, an incredible local arts organization that focuses on South Asian arts and that's yeah. Rave Cultural Foundation. They do incredible classical music concerts, mm -hmm. um, dance concerts. They also partner with Walton Art Center. They partner with Trike um, to put on incredible productions and gives you a really good sense of what it can look like when we embrace all kinds of different mm -hmm. cultures mm -hmm. and how we can create something new and beautiful mm -hmm. from, from um, you know, connecting culture we, we need to get geo to focus on that for the showcase oh yeah get connected there that'd be great we'll get yeah. geo connected there and then you know brad's gonna listen to this and want to meet up with 
you to go yeah, over all yes, the different exactly. like, how many different types of curry are there uh, where yeah, can just, find all of these like uh, there are some great restaurants he's the resident yeah. foodie in the yeah. office yeah. but he is yeah, the, the curry the comparison uh, to me to, for, for the white white side of that that was more uh, I, I likened it to like barbecue yeah, yeah. Kansas exactly. City barbecue North Carolina barbecue yeah. Memphis it's, it's all different it's all barbecue yes, but it's all yeah. different yes yeah. for sure well that being said are there um any final thoughts or any any last idea that you want to make sure that you get across to anyone listening i mean i will make a pitch for welcoming week 2023 yes um because it's amazing and focuses exactly on this which is how do we build a community of belonging and welcoming for everybody mm -hmm. it's in september um from i'm gonna may get this wrong but i think it's the 8th to the 17th it's every year and this year is going to be bigger than mm -hmm. ever so <laughs> you know i highly recommend go to welcomingweeknwa.org and um, and join some of the celebrations yeah. you know get get to know our community get to know all the different people in it and and yeah support in all the ways and and i think that something that jenny said is really important is just just look at who sits around your dinner table who you invite into your home and who yeah. you br break bread with because mm -hmm. i think a lot of times we think we're really diverse and we have lots mm -hmm. of different friendships <laughs> yeah. and then when we look when we look at who we invite into our home which is our most intimate space it's norm it's a lot of times people who look and sound exactly right. like us and i think jenny's call to action is incredible yes. like who are you bake breaking bread with yeah. and how can how can we bring more uh, different people into our into our homes you stole my closing thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's my challenge to everyone is like, go make a friend who is different from you. That's that, that's, that's great. It. That is absolutely great. I think, you know, for me, the, the big takeaway I've, I've taken from this conversation is an open mind and experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just go into experiences with an open mind, be willing to experiment, try new things, and you're, you'll be shocked with the results. Yes. I'm really excited. Like I, the notes that I have here, um, I'm a huge movie person, so I'll add these to my list and make sure that I get these uh, uh, connections made up and, and whatnot. This is uh, really just been fantastic, um, very informal, uh, uh, informational um, for me especially. So hopefully for those listening, they're going to take a lot from it just like we did. Um, yeah, Steve, do you have any any closing thoughts before we, we get to your sponsor tag? Oh, I was about or... to say, we still need a sponsor. You stole it. <laughs> no, I think I just I just gave it. I, I think it's, you know, it's all about having an open mind and being willing to make connections. And, you know, the human experience is individual. Everyone experiences, you know, this this life and in their own way. And you just you don't know what anybody's going through, what's mm -hmm. only going on in somebody else's mm -hmm. life. So just being willing to make yeah. make a friend, have those conversations and know that just because, you know, hey, I they are different than me, that doesn't mean, like you said, different, not wrong. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, that yes. was that's that's something yes. that's going to stick with me for, for yeah. the rest of my life. And yeah. I'm going to use that with my kids. <laughs> different does not mean wrong. Yes. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you both again. Again, we were joined today by Jenny Wilkinson with Mondelez International. <laughs> Mondelez International and Monica Kumar, who is joining us, uh, does work with several groups, including Engage NWA. Mm -hmm. We'll have uh, notes at uh, the bottom of wherever you're listening to this um, that we will make sure to share with everybody with some of the stuff that we've shared today. Links that are uh, hopefully going to help you all to uh, engage with the community and, and get some things happening there. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to thank you both for being here again. We had a blast. 
that being said, I've got to uh, encourage everyone here to like, subscribe, share via SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, social media, Amazon, all of the great things. All the places. That's right. Our uh, next episode is hopefully going to be released on June 14th. It will be covering question mark. I will question let everyone know as soon as I know exactly what we're going to be covering. But we will have our next episode on June 14th. Again, thank you to Jenny Wilkinson and Monica Kumar thank for joining you. us. Thank you. And, thank yeah, you so much. Hope that you all... Uh, Absolutely great conversation. Thank you all very much. Thank Enjoyed listening. Thank you all. Have a great day.